Thanks for joining us for the Bread of Life. We are convinced that the Bible is God's holy word, perfect and without error. Its perfection delivers what is good and beneficial for those who hear it and heed it. It is perfect for it leads us to the perfect one, the Lord Jesus. He is the bread of life. Let us seek him together through God's word. Now here's our teacher, Joel Van Hoogen. We begin today by reading Psalm 32. As we read it, you might want to play in your minds that scene recounted in Luke chapter 7 in the home of Simon the Pharisee. We have the story of that woman who washed the feet of the Lord Jesus with a mixture of precious oil and tears, wiping them clean with her own hair, and remaining in adoration there kissing his feet. Luke is clear to tell us that this woman was a known sinner. Our Lord, though, is emphatic. She, by faith in him, has been forgiven of her sins. And the result of one who has been forgiven much is that they love much. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, in whose spirit there is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all the day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer. Selah. I acknowledged my sin to you, and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Selah. For this cause, everyone who is godly shall pray to him in a time when he may be found. Surely in the flood of great waters, they shall not come near him. You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. Selah. I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Do not be like the horse or like the mule which has no understanding, but must be harnessed with a bit and bridle, else they will not come near you. Many sorrows shall be the wicked, but he who trusts in the Lord, mercy shall surround him. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. While we've been preaching through the Psalms, the title of the series has been Christ in every Psalm. He's there in every Psalm. When the Lord Jesus spoke after his resurrection to the disciples and said that the Old Testament and that the Psalms spoke of him, he changed the orientation that we have when we come before the Psalms. We don't simply go before the Psalms simply trying to connect with human experience, although that's there, but we come there to discover the God-man, that God who became flesh and lived and dwelt among us and offered himself up as a sacrifice for our sins and is coming again one day to reign as Lord of Lord and King of Kings, we come to discover Him there and identify with Him. And identifying with Him, He opens up before us the depth of our own humanity, but He also opens up before us the answer that He has for all of our needs. Well, the greatest blessing, we rejoice in the blessings that God gives us, and this has been a good year for us. You know, I mentioned that just at the beginning of this year, my wife and I were able to go down to Temecula, California, and we were able to be with my son and his wife, who just had a little boy the 1st of December. We were met there at the door with our other daughter, who was visiting her in-laws in California, with their son that they just had in March, and we brought down with us our other daughter, who came to be with us. She came down from Bozeman, Montana, and she brought down with her her little boy that was born in October. That's a great trifecta. They, listen, every year that our kids were born, we considered that to be a good year 
This has been a very good year. This has been a blessed year. My wife and I were talking about this just last night, and I don't know how the Lord can duplicate the blessing that we experienced in this last year. It's just been a good year for us. When you go about counting your blessings and naming them up, and it's a good thing to do it, I hope that you include in all of it the manifold way in which God daily and regularly comes to you to bring His forgiveness and to wash you and cleanse you and renew you. There are all kinds of blessings that we can count in our life, but what the psalmist is telling us here is that the greatest blessing of all is the blessing of forgiveness. You have that story in Luke that we read of the woman who came and found the Lord Jesus. She had lived a life that is not described for us. It's only described for us in one way. She was a sinner. She was an individual that out of that life had found profound and deep and complete forgiveness. And as an expression of that forgiveness, she was filled with overwhelming love for the Savior. She anoints His feet with her tears first. She wipes His feet with her hair. She pours oil upon His feet. She kisses His feet. She loves Him. And the lesson of that parable is this. He who has been forgiven much, (laughs) loves much. And the lesson of this psalm is, whoever's been forgiven much is greatly blessed. It's basically the same idea. It's the same construct. It's the same argument. And so here's a simple outline to consider. We'll look at at least these first two points this morning and we'll possibly look at the second point next week. We'll see. The first is the blessedness of forgiveness. That's what we're going to talk about. The second is the way into that forgiveness. The third is, this is the outline for the psalm, the walk from or the life from that forgiveness. So there's the blessedness of forgiveness, the way into that forgiveness, and the life or the blessed life that comes from that forgiveness. Let's look at the first point here, the blessedness of forgiveness. We see this phrase or this word blessed here, and as we look at it, we want to pause here for just a moment, and we should pause, I should say, and just for a moment, consider this idea of being blessed from a theological perspective. In other words, let's put our mind before it. Let's imagine that this man has been put before us here. He's standing before us. He's got a big smile on his face. He's very happy. He's blessed. We say, now, this man is a blessed man, and the reason he's blessed is he has been forgiven. Now, let me explain to you for a moment the transaction that's taken place here so you can appreciate what we're saying when we say, this man has been forgiven. So let's look at it from a theological perspective first, the first thing that we have to realize about this man is that for any of his sins to be forgiven, his sins had to be paid for. In fact, this is true for any sin that you might forgive. Any person who has realized forgiveness from another individual, any sin, every sin that finds forgiveness is a sin that is still paid for in one way or another. The payment that brings forgiveness always comes to us on the part of the one who is forgiving and it's received by the one who is forgiven. There's always a payment for sins forgiven. It's paid by the one who's forgiving, who's the forgiver, the offering the forgiveness. It's simply received by the one who's forgiven. We've said this before plenty of times, but I owe you $100. I don't pay you back. You, at some point in time, forgive me of the $100. You paid hundred dollars. That was your forgiveness. I received it. Sometimes, I know wives feel this way about their husbands or their children, they make us suffer for a couple weeks for what we've done. 
Then they decide that we've suffered enough, and then they forgive us. I suffered enough, I've forgiven them. That's not forgiveness. <laughs> for two weeks, you paid for it. That's not forgiveness. Forgiveness is making the payment yourself towards the one who's forgiven. Now, what that means is this, that when we sin against God, and when we receive forgiveness for sins that have been committed against the eternal, infinite God, who pays? Who pays? God pays. God is the one who pays in order to forgive us. And that payment for all of our sins, or for this man's sins, was exacted upon the cross of Jesus Christ. There, when the Lord Jesus Christ died as very God of very God, He was providing for the payment of this man's sin. And in so doing, He provided the groundwork for this man, for any man or woman or child, to be forgiven. And we enter into that forgiveness when and only when we embrace that payment alone for all the sins that we have committed. If you think you can make up for it by doing some good deeds, you're throwing pennies. Oh no, you're throwing your own bankruptcy already. You're throwing your own worthlessness against the weight of your sin. No, it costs something far dearer than your good works to bring forgiveness to you. It costs the precious blood. We read it in 1 Peter chapter 1, the precious blood of our Savior Jesus Christ to bring about our forgiveness. So what we do now is we look back upon the cross of Jesus Christ by faith and we realize there God was providing all that we need for our forgiveness. What David did was he looked ahead to the payment that God would make. David longed to go to the temple where sacrifices are made. They knew that an animal couldn't pay for the price of sins, but in those sacrifices they knew that God was foreshadowing or promising a payment that would come, that would be final and complete. They trusted in the provision of God for their sins, and the provision came. and was born by the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, who takes away the sins of the world. What David saw dimly by faith, looking ahead, we see wonderfully in the suffering of our Savior Jesus Christ upon the cross for us. And this man is forgiven because of the work of Jesus Christ upon the cross because God has paid the punishment for his sins. That's how he's forgiven. And because this man has put his faith in Christ alone and realized God's forgiveness, he's not only had the door of his sins closed upon his life, but he's had opened up before him the door of heaven. If you look at this man, we'd say this as well. Because he's been forgiven, he has, and because of that purchase price that was made for him, He's been redeemed and he's been bought back from the bondage of his sin. That's why he's smiling so much. He's been bought back from bondage. And not only that, with that act of forgiveness and that blood that was shed for him and that life that he received, he's been regenerated. That is, he's been given a new life that's free from the condemnation and the inescapable corruption of that sin to live a totally different life. He's been set free from it. You know why he's smiling so much and he's so happy and he's, right now he's clicking his feet. Can't you see him? He also, this man who has been alienated from God, has been reconciled to a holy God. And he has a relationship with him because he's been completely forgiven of his sin. And oh, look at him. This man has been adopted into the family of God. He's received the inheritance of God's sons, the inheritance of all eternity. He's been redeemed. He's been regenerated. He's been reconciled. He's been adopted. All because he's been forgiven. We could chronicle here for a long time the successive wave upon wave upon wave upon wave that fills our life with blessing when we realize forgiveness through Jesus Christ alone and God's payment. 
Now, theologically speaking, this fellow is very blessed. And if you've received Christ as your Savior and your Lord, you are too. You are too. And we could trace it. It's worth the study. But when David wrote this psalm, he wasn't speaking to the hypothetical man. He wasn't putting up before us a third-party person and saying, let's study him for a while and let's consider the theory and the theology behind his forgiveness and his joy. David was simply speaking for himself. David was not speaking intellectually or hypothetically or theologically. He was speaking poetically and emotionally and experientially. And David was euphoric. He was ecstatic. How blessed is the man who has his sins, his transgressions forgiven. And when David says blessed here, he has a smile on his face. He has a glad tear on his cheek. He has a leap in his step. He has a laugh in his belly. David is speaking of that immediate emotional release, that outpouring of love and joy and peace and well-being and weightlessness that comes to a person who knows deep and complete and utter forgiveness from the burden of their sins. And in that moment, they feel blessed. Have you been forgiven in Jesus Christ? Have you found through faith in God's Son and His death and resurrection your complete forgiveness with God? You'll know. You'll know then the blessing of forgiveness. This has been the Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. For a copy of this message, just call us at 208-331-4096. Until the next time, God bless you.